0: Presented by dognation.com. This is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host Brandon Adams. We are on a high right now that is going to take us a long time to come down off of and it was special being in Indianapolis yesterday to to talk about this in the immediate aftermath. I'm honestly really not sure of what I've even said on the air, you know, since then whether it's post game show or uh, yesterday we we have certainly had a uh, had a uh, wild ride here the last couple of days, and in a lot of ways, it's it's just really fun to be back in the studio again today. I am probably still not at my best. I am probably still not at my peak performance here uh, right now, but there is no place I'd rather be than in this studio right now doing this show. We were a little late, kind of getting started live on video, just because we were still sort of talking to some folks, and we're gonna you know keep on doing that and. You're just going to soak this in. We're going to enjoy it. And, and, yes, we know there is a busy off-season to come with a lot of news, and it's our job to cover that, it's our job to talk about that, and trust me, we will do all of that. Uh, and I enjoy that part of the job, too. I, I enjoy talking about putting the pieces together for what happens next. But we are not going to rush this moment. We are not. We are not going to rush into a conversation about anything other than what Georgia got accomplished on Monday, winning a national championship. The – the yearning for that had lasted a very long time and so it's only right and it's only fair that um that with the with the 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 desire that was out there for such a long time to accomplish this goal now that the goal has been accomplished we just take a little bit of time to just appreciate it just to take a little bit of time just to enjoy it so we're going to try to do that and i don't know i mean it's like i'm like a lot of you i just spent a bunch of time on the internet right now and you know, all the great mashups, the Keeley-Ringo interception, I am here for all those. I want to watch those. Uh, Coach 30's got his uh, breakdown of the Alabama film up. I was waiting on that. It did not disappoint. Uh, that is uh, really good. And something else that I saw somebody else that put on uh, social media, actually it's from Dog Nation, but somebody else uh, put it out there. Yeah, to me this just seems like a really good way to start because how do you build a team that beats the Alabama Crimson Tide. You got to go out there week after week. This is a 52 week type of thing. This is a year long type of thing. You got to go out there and you've got to acquire the kind of talent that gives you the kind of team that looks like what Alabama looks like. And in in retrospect here, the fact that Kirby did it in six years, that's not an interminable wait. That is a That is an amazingly fast accomplishment. You know, when you think about how much of a market leader Alabama has been in college football, and they're not certainly off the national stage because they lost this game, but they have been overtaken on that stage, uh, at least for right now. When you think about the fact that Kirby goes from being rookie head coach to national champion in six years, and the fact that he did that while the... I think you can make a very strong case that the greatest coach of all time was at the apex of his level of performance, and yet Smart still did this as fast as he did. It is a remarkable accomplishment. It is a staggering, staggering feat, and Smart deserves a lot of credit for that, and it's the recruiting wins over the course of years that have allowed that to happen, and look, on on Dog Nation, so many times, so often, you know, we have you know, interviewed these guys on a show like this. We talk about these guys, and you kind of wonder, you know, are are, are these the players that are going to put it together and become the puzzle pieces that allow you to build a team that is better than the Alabama Crimson Tide? And – Somebody shared a video of a dual interview, a combined – And I remember – what's crazy is I remember this so well because the last name is Ryan, Scene and Dean. Remember, uh, you know, Jeff Centel, we used to joke about the Scene and Dean show, uh, that they were going to be, uh, you know, a, a tandem duo of, you know, guys kind of doing a talk show together. And Jeff interviewed them together at one of these All-Star games right before they came to Georgia – and you can go to the Dog Nation YouTube page and find the full video. Uh, somebody kind of spliced it up and put it on Twitter, and I, I want to show that of you know these guys essentially calling their own shot. And to go back and watch, the, even though it's only a couple of years ago, I mean you know uh, it was only a couple of years ago. That these guys were recruits and uh, and not players. But somehow it seems like longer than that. Like, look how young Lewis Scene's face looks in the video you're about to see. Now, if it's radio podcast, you can hear the audio. But look how lo- young Lewis Sean's face looked. N'Kobe Dean looks like so much younger. It's, it's amazing. A couple of years makes all the difference in the world. But these are guys now who've led Georgia to a national championship. And a couple of years ago, as recruits, they essentially called their own shot, made their prediction that that's what they would do. This is so fun to go back and relive, if for nothing else, other than the fact that they were men of their words. Let me let you see this, hear this right now from the Dog Nation video channels from years ago. I think Georgia's I'll, building. I'll start here. Uh, for me, first of all, let me go back to the goal. I want to
1: completely destroy Alabama. I, I want to win, Alabama, all right? And, you know, with the class Georgia building, that's exactly what they're trying to do and what they're going to do. And, you know, you got Dean, this dude don't play. You got me in the second and I don't play. So, you know, it's just putting the class at a second level so then it's just reload from there on. Right, right, right. I feel the same way. You know, I feel like we can, we, we can do great things at Georgia on our defense. We can uh, probably be one, number one defense in the nation come in the come
0: next three years, three to four years. I mean, how much fun is that? Louis Cain says, this guy's N'Kobe Dean, he don't play. And I don't play either. And has there has there ever been anything more true than that? That that N'Kobe Dean, at the time that he's standing next to Louis Cain with Louis saying, 'You saying, You look at this man, he does not play. Like Nicobe Dean had so much put onto his shoulders. He was supposed to be the next Roquan Smith. Do you know how hard it is to live with that? This thing of, hey, come here and be the next Roquan. But then once you get here, everybody sort of thinks you are the next Roquan, and you got to have all that kind of, you know, weighing on on your on your on your shoulders. And you know, N'Kobe goes out and wins the Buckus Award, which is what Roquan did. He's going to be a first round pick, which is what Roquan was. Maybe even a very high first round pick, the way that Roquan was. And he also helps lead Georgia to the national championship. He's flying around the field. He's such a leader. There was that great moment where. And I don't even really know what necessarily uh precipitated this, but at one point in time he kind of, you know, gets, you know, into the face of chaining Tyndall and he's he wants something different from Tyndall and he really, you know, pushes him to be the best version of himself. And Tyndall goes out the next play and just like a missile right there on Bryce Young. And it's like, you know, here here are these two great guys, Tyndall and, and uh and Dean, who just are constantly pushing each other to be the uh, best and you know this that's the leader that the Kobe's grown into at Georgia but in the video you just saw for those of you who are watching on video it's like he just looks so young he just looks so young it's only a couple of years ago but he just looks so young but Lewisine's like you see this man right here this guy's not gonna play when he gets to Georgia I'm not going to either and you know Louisine was the game's most outstanding defensive player um well-deserved honor for him and it's it's just the the brute physicality which which he's played the game with it has become so contagious for everything else and you know uh, I mean it, it took a lot of you know what to be back there and say we're gonna beat a team that's gonna completely destroy Alabama we're gonna beat a team that's gonna that's gonna completely dominate Alabama and you know, listen Alabama's not going anywhere Alabama's gonna be a, a thorn in Georgia's side here you know for the future of course but now these are two teams that are fighting uh, with a very different different tone around that rivalry now. it is a rivalry. Georgia is the reigning national champion and Dean and Nicobe Dean right there I should say Lewis Sean and Nicobe Dean right there called their own shot. and I don't know. I mean that's the kind of thing I'm thinking I'm going to find myself doing a lot here over the course of the next few days of just going back and and, and looking at some of this stuff from those years. the story of how a guy like Lewis got onto this got into this program. a story of how a guy like uh, Nicobe Dean, arrived on the scene for this program you know the story of how all of this happened you know how was a national championship built I mean for some of you who've been with us for a long time here on dog nation daily obviously a lot of times the off-season conversation around here has been you know kind of something to the effect of uh hey you know what does Georgia need to fix so it can be a national champion what improvement does Georgia need to make so it can go out there and and win a national championship. That's a, obviously a lot of you know what this kind of thing has been. Hold on, we're still several minutes away from talking to um uh you know a lot of this has 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 been has been that uh but uh but you know now in the future, you know, you kinda of move ahead and what you're kinda of looking back on and, and and what you're thinking about is is uh is Georgia kind of looking back on this now of, hey, how was it done before and how do you replicate that so you can do it again? It's, um, it, it's a fun time. It's a, it's a fascinating time. Uh, Georgia sits on top of the college football world as the reigning national champion. They get the sweet satisfaction of knowing they beat Alabama in order to do that. Uh, it is just simply terrific. N'Kobe Dean, Lewis Singh, going back to their time as recruits in the past, they a part of what leads Georgia down this road as recruits saying that's exactly what they're going to do it is certainly a great time to be able to celebrate as the dogs are on top of the college football world and I'm Brandon Adams and this is Dog Nation Daily the daily podcast For Georgia Bulldogs fans, happy to have all of you with us today, no matter how you get to us today, uh, whether it be uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch here on video. Obviously, we start normally at 945 with our first and 15 at dognation.com, the Dog Nation app, running a little later on that here today. But either way, all the various podcast platforms, all of that, just really happy to have you with us for the uh, program here today. And for those of you who've been with us for all of our coverage throughout the last few days there at Indianapolis, just really appreciate that there as well. What a uh, fun time to be able to do all of that. And uh, great to have you with us here on the program here uh, today. Very busy for us over the course of the next few days, looking at what's going down with uh, Georgia and winning the national championship Looking ahead to everything just for the next parade coming up in Athens on Saturday. So much fun to be able to do all of this, and we just really, really appreciate it. One of the things I also want to kind of do there as well is to kind of look back on some of the things that have happened since, um, you know, yesterday was a travel day for me. Uh, Monday night, really, really early Tuesday morning, was a day of almost no sleep. So, some of the stuff I'm kind of getting caught up on here right now is um, is stuff that uh, that some of you have kind of already experienced. For some of me, it's it's sort of catching up on some of this the first time. And yesterday, I was I was traveling. I was certainly noticing how much fun a lot of you were having with the fact that Stetson Bennett goes on Good Morning America yesterday morning. And I don't know how early that was, but and by the way, we're around the doghouse here, presented today by our friends at uh, Rooms to Go. Um, you know, for, for a lot of you, you were kind of having some fun with that. I don't know how early that must have been because I saw Stetson in the press conference there at around 9 a.m. or so. So 9 a.m. or so, he's there doing that. Apparently the GMA hit it even come uh, e- even earlier than that. And Listen, it wasn't just Georgia fans who were feeling this way or, you know, uh, someone like me, who is, you know, obviously a a great friend of this team there as well. Even the other reporters that I were talking to, people who were just there not to cheer for one of the teams, but just to kind of cover the game. Even they were talking about how, you know, bleary eyed they were the next morning. Uh, For someone like me, who was both, you know, a part of this and um, and, you know, kind of really enjoying all of that. Uh, I mean, just just exhausted And you know the Georgia team who had celebrated and done all that. They were very much the same way. I mean, I think yesterday was probably a very tough day around the uh, workforce for uh, so many folks here around Georgia. Just, uh just absolutely crazy uh with all of that, and so Stetson Bennett on Good Morning America, I think, uh was probably a very good example of how a lot of Georgia fans felt yesterday. In fact, let's show you one of the images of this. I think I've got one of these. We can show you here. So we're around the doghouse, presented by Rooms to Go. Yeah, and listen, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about Stetson with all of this. Just the fact that he soldiered through all of that. You know, you get up to even look halfway presentable. I can promise you that when we, because we didn't start Dog Nation Daily yesterday until almost 10 a.m. because uh, we, uh, you know, had the press conference, things like that. However, early this was Stett was way more ready to do that on GMA than I was even by 10 AM yesterday morning, I was having a hard time. So good with him on that. And as far as, uh, how he sounded, uh, michael strahan and stat going back and forth a little bit i very much enjoyed this and it's one of those things as i said before the indelible memory of the post game deal was the fact that i didn't get back to the hotel until after 3 a.m i was still awake at 5 a.m the fun times were flowing and going and uh, stetson bennett was like a lot of us on gma on uh, tuesday morning this is stat there on abc mvp stetson bennett is joining us live Stetson good morning my friend how you feeling this morning after that incredible performance last night have you had a chance to get any sleep no uh, you know a few hours um <laughs> not many uh I've been, been wondering about uh, yeah no not many <laughs> we
1: well, would have plenty of time to sleep congratulations
0: I mean how much fun is that uh good for him uh, there was the uh, I guess the photo that's out there of him with the uh, bottle of Pappy Van Winkle uh, after the game and listen he earned that it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the same way that I guess what Joe Burrow was kind of in the locker room with the with the cigar that was kind of the indelible moment after that uh, LSU uh, title win in the 2019 season and Stet kind of has his you know version of that after uh, last night's game and listen he is a national champion forever it is simply one of the greatest stories uh, of all time and. Uh, he's earned every right to appreciate it. I think one of the cool things about Bennett is the fact that I think he does have an appreciation for that. And I think that there's only a portion of that that he wants to invite us all to participate alongside with him. There is a, I think, a version of Stett's story that he enjoys keeping private. And I think he has every right to be able to do just that. Um, but, But clearly he knows what it means to be a national championship-winning quarterback. I thought it was really cool, and, and we'll do a lot of this audio later on. Like, there's a lot of this that's going to be unpacked a lot in the uh, in the days to come. But one of the things that uh, that I really enjoyed about Bennett from the press conference on Tuesday morning was is that he was asked about, hey, does this make you the greatest Georgia quarterback of all time? And obviously it was Aaron Murray was the first one to say that. And uh, Bennett and Murray have a relationship. And so Stetson said some very complimentary and kind things about Murray. But you could also tell in the way in which – and we'll play some of this audio for you eventually. You could also tell in the way in which that Bennett was answering that question that he also kind of has his own viewpoint, his own belief of of who the best quarterbacks in Georgia football history are as someone who is one of those quarterbacks, but also as someone who grew up – watching those quarterbacks much the same way if you and I were hanging out at a tailgate or if you and I were you know kind of hanging out at a bar restaurant you know one of the weekends one of these games getting ready for the game we would just sort of have a conversation talk some Georgia football and we'd have our opinions about you know who ranks where on the history of the program you know if we you know were to have those conversations it's pretty clear that um uh that Stetson Bennett could be right there with us having that same conversation, that that, that he would be right there with us uh, able to have that same conversation. He's clearly got his own opinions about stuff like that, which I just really appreciate. Great stuff. Great moment from him there on Good Morning America. Just a lot of fun all the way around. We'll make that around the doghouse. It is uh, presented today by our friends at Rooms to Go. And of course, Rooms to Go, great place to be when you're getting stocked up for the new year. A lot of you have that uh resolution that ambition here for the upcoming year to make your home look better well obviously rooms to go a great way to do all of that whether it's that one additional piece of furniture that you need or the entire room that's what rooms to go is after all famous for whether it be bedroom furniture living room furniture dining room furniture a lot of a lot of you want to take advantage of your outdoor living space here upcoming yep, new year, trust me, after being in a freezing cold place like Indiana, I am glad to be back in a state where there is a lot of outdoor opportunities here this time of year. Of course, it's cold right now, but generally speaking, uh, Georgia, great place for all of that. And Rooms to Go, a great place for all of you for whatever your furniture needs might be. You can start your shopping experience online. You can start your uh, shopping experience online, Rooms roomstogo.com. Or you can stop by and see them, you know, in their showroom. Just go by and feel and touch the furniture and be a part of that. There, uh, rooms to go, the place for all of that. Great to have them furnishing uh, around the doghouse for us here today. Also, still in Indianapolis, looking back on how it all gets done for the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's get ready now here on Dog Nation Daily to talk to Mike Griffith for the first time as the Georgia Bulldogs stand on top of the world as the reigning college football national champions here on Dog Nation Daily. Our buddy Mike Griffith right now. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So Mike has not come home from Indianapolis yet, but I think he is coming back here today. And Mike, are there still any Georgia fans left over? Are there still any Georgia fans uh, dragging around <laughs> Indy right now? Some of them may have uh, missed their flight or missed their bus or missed whatever. Um, there may be some Georgia fans that buy a house in Indy after uh, the city was so good to the dogs here this weekend.
1: Boy, I'll tell you what, it was amazing. There there's still some remnants. There's confetti. You know, I walked across to that Circle City Mall. I had to, I had to buy a suitcase to bring home all the – the the extra stuff that we sure. you know picked up here in Indianapolis, BA, it was, it was I should have given it to you and Connor to put more freight in that that, that van. You know, I know you were hauling the load as well. Sure. I mean, I, you, but to your point, I mean, I don't know if any of us can bring home enough of Indianapolis and the memories and and what we saw transpire. I mean, it, it was such a remarkable night. Um, the college football playoffs were were just unbelievable. Georgia didn't disappoint. I mean, yeah, we all. You know, we all walked out of that Mercedes-Benz Stadium after the SEC championship game, kind of shaking our heads, just not sure what was going to be next. But, you know, Kirby Smart and those Bulldogs responded uh, like champions. I mean, they absolutely bulldozed Michigan. And, you know, my first take was, geez, Michigan wasn't nearly as good as I thought. You know, upon second take, I'm thinking, holy cow, the Georgia Bulldogs turned it up a a a completely another level. And you saw that. You saw that against Alabama because, boy, that was a real uh, slobber knocker of a game. I mean, that's a 9-6 to six game, Brandon. You know, with, with three minutes left in the third quarter, it's 9-6. to six. There had not been a touchdown score in yeah. the first 42 minutes of that
0: game. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind telling you that Georgia played way better defense against Bryce Young than I would have thought was possible. And, I mean, in, in my wildest dreams, did I think that Georgia could go that long without yielding a touchdown to Alabama, no, I didn't. And yes, I know the Jameson Williams injury is a part of this story there as well. But frankly, if your offensive hopes rest on one player getting injured, then you're not as good as you think you are. First of all, to the Alabama folks who might be tuned in and listening to this, but the injury what was an issue here. But even that said, you're still talking about the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I believe that Bryce Young would be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He was eligible to be in the draft this year. Other, obviously, others have said that there as well. That's how good that I think he is. And in a day and age which you're not supposed to be able to do this defensively, Kirby Smart told him over and over again, oh, you can't win national championship this way. You know, defense doesn't matter anymore. You know, the way in which the Georgia defense asserted itself in this game, Mike, I thought was, even though I had high expectations for what Georgia could do defensively, they even exceeded all of that. I I, I did not know it was that possible to play that well against a quarterback this good, but uh, Georgia clearly did and clearly went out there and got that done.
1: Yeah, and, and I listen, I understand. I mean, I, a big part of my pregame analysis in picking Georgia was Metsy being out, a ninety six catch guy, uh Bryce Young's favorite target, and of course Jameson Williams, a hundred you know, fifteen hundred yard receiver, already had four catches for sixty five yards. But I'll remind people that Georgia lost Jalen Kimber before the season started, who was going to be a starting quarterback, and they lost an all American and Tyke Smith to an injury as well. So attrition does happen. And and Alabama was fortunate that Mechie and and Williams were able to get through the whole season and have wonderful years. And Georgia was, uh, you know, it was unfortunate that they lost two of their starters in their secondary before the season began. So part of what we saw that Georgia's secondary was a group that had to grow together. You know, Kirby had addressed the needs, you know, with two transfers and Darian Kendrick stayed healthy throughout the year. And he blossomed into the star we all thought he would be, a defensive MVP of the Orange Bowl, now a projected first-round pick, didn't allow a, a touchdown catch all year. And I think Tykey Smith would have been a tremendous difference maker. And that's not to take away from any of the other players. You know, Latavius Brainy played extremely well at times earlier this year. How about William Poole making some big plays? But if Alabama fans are going to throw that up, then Georgia needs to remind people that Jalen Kimber was the stickiest cover guy in spring drills, and, and looked like their best corner before the shoulder injury. And Tyke Smith only really played one game against Auburn, you know, foot injury early, and then I believe the the knee. So you know, Georgia was down a couple of big time players too.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Uh, Mike Griffith here on uh, Dog Nation Daily here today, and. You know, clearly the moment that's going to live forever, the oil paintings, the T-shirts, the, the pregame video package with the Larry Munson narration that's part of Sanford Stadium is obviously the Keeley-Ringo interception. That's the thing that everyone will always remember. Yeah, I think in the immediate aftermath of the game for me, Mike, you know, there are a few other plays that I thought were, were just as crucial to contributing to the victory. They just didn't happen last. And you, know, it's, it, you and I talked about this a lot during the game. The James Cook run that set up the first touchdown score is as big a play as it happened in this game because Georgia needed something offensively. Frankly, I thought that Todd Munkin, who I've had nothing but good things to say about as Georgia offensive coordinator, I thought that for some reason the running game was suspiciously absent from this game until the Cook run sets up the Zamir White touchdown, and obviously Georgia goes on, to really get some tough, hard yards to kind of help sort this game away but the cook run here is huge. You know, the AD Mitchell touchdown just given the fact that when when Mitchell first burst on the spring and burst onto the scene in spring practice there's this thought of wow, could this unheralded recruit really be kind of a a major part of Georgia's wide receiver rotation? Is this just a good spring story, or is this going to be a thing that uh, that actually carries into the season? We'll come to find out it did carry into the season. I think that A.D. Mitchell very quietly had a nice year for UGA, and then lo and behold, he catches a a huge touchdown in the fourth quarter of the national championship game. Like, that's an amazing moment. You can kind of go the, – the Brock Bowers touchdown on a kind of a gutsy third down call. You can go on and on about that, that – that in the moment here, there were a few plays for me that did kind of stand there alongside the Ringo interception as, my gosh, this is Georgia history unfolding right before my eyes.
1: Oh, there's no question. You know, it was the defense, uh, you know, just so stubborn keeping Alabama out of the – you know, Alabama's only touchdown came after the Bennett fumble on a 16-yard drive. Yeah. Uh, They had to start at the 16. That's the only touchdown they got. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's pretty – That's pretty remarkable, I think. So, um, yeah, I I mean, the Pickens 52-yard catch in the first half I thought was big to kind of take the lid off the defense and maybe make those Bama safeties. And and listen, Pete Golding and Bama do such a great job disguising defenses. It it made it really hard for Georgia to check into the right plays, and and I think there was some confusion as there was the first game. Conversely, Bryce Young said he was confused by a lot of the things that Dan Lanning and Kirby were doing with the defense. So this was a big chess match, and, you know, it's interesting. Luke Vickle uh, said last – I'm trying to – the Knights run together now at, at the awards banquet for him. He was named the National Coach of the Year. He said he thought it was going to be a slugfest in the first half, and then the adjustments would kick in the second. He was right, but his point was these teams had each other so well scouted. It's almost like, the you know, the other one knew what the other one knew, and the other one knew what the other one knew what the other one knew what the other one knew. And, and, and it was just that deadlock, and you were waiting for that moment. And to your point, I felt the James Cook run was was that moment when the momentum just clearly shifted. There was a, a series of plays where Young makes this, this dime pass inside the five, and it goes through a Jai hall hands. And that set up the field goal attempt, and Carter blocks it, and then the next play, Cook goes 67 and sets up the first touchdown. I mean, there's a 14-point swing in those three plays. And and to me, that was where Georgia, going toe-to-toe, having that resolve, being able to assert itself, you know, that's where this group of dogs was different than the one that faced Alabama the first time uh, in in Mercedes-Benz Stadium this season.
0: And, you know, and we'll spend a couple more minutes with you here. Um, When, I mean, if you talk about the ways in which this game unfolds, in a way that makes it even more enjoyable for those Georgia fans that had kind of craved that chance to to, to see Georgia beat Alabama. The fact that it happens with Alabama having the halftime lead uh, you know, if you follow the live, you know, in-game wagering, Alabama had shifted to the point spread favorite there, uh, based on the way the first 30 minutes unfold, Georgia scoring 24th quarter points. That was always the thing that had plagued Georgia in previous matchups against Alabama was the absence of scoring in the fourth quarter, especially the, you know, the, the 17, the 18, uh, post-season games, uh, the, you know, the, the, the absence of offense in the second half and the fourth quarter in particular, the fact that Georgia comes alive after what appeared to be a dark moment, um... Uh, you know the way in which it unfolds if, if anything can make a victory over Alabama that led to a national championship sweeter the fact that so much of the great action for Georgia kind of came in those clutch moments the, the moments which a lot of folks had previously doubted UGA uh, I, I think if anything that 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 serves to make it even sweeter
1: yeah I mean the cool thing was I mean this was a game you know and you know you and I watched it together BA and we didn't know which way this thing was going to go I mean you really didn't know yeah. I you know I'm I'm sitting there trying to think, you know, trying to write a, a game story to publish on deadline, and, I, and I'm thinking, I don't know where to begin. I, I'm still waiting for something to happen that's definitive enough to, to know because it's 9 to 6 and it's getting kind of late. I'm going, man, so, something's got to happen here. And I turn to you, B. I'll share this with the audience. I know you've got to kick out of it. Sure. In hindsight, you've got to kick out of it. Because I promised B.A. that I wasn't going to jinx Georgia because sure. I've said to him more than once, George has got this BA right, and it and it didn't work out this time. There was a receiver that missed the pass. And I said to Brandon, I said, Bama just doesn't got the juice, Brandon. They just don't got the juice. And the very next play, a guy catches the ball over the middle. And Brandon's yeah. like, Mike, I said, okay, I got it. I'm no more. I'm not going to yeah. say another word.
0: Yeah, for but sure. it was, it
1: was just, we really didn't know. I mean, it was just that exciting and, and that much fun. And, and now you can kind of go back and, and pick through the moments and, remember how you felt when those plays were made and what was going through your mind. And, you know, the Ringo interception, you know, that definitely was the clincher. But I'm going to tell you what, I did not believe that Alabama was going to score on that final drive. As I said, that defense was so good, the only touchdown drive Bama had was only 16 yards. So I I just, I was thinking there's, you know, I saw Bryce do this to Auburn. I was at the Iron Bowl when he went 97 yards. I said it ain't happened. I, I thought that the I thought Georgia had won, and to me though, that definitely was the icing on the cake, and and it, and it was a lot of fun. And that's when the Georgia fans really cut loose, and and we saw. I think what did we estimate? Seventy-five. I saw somebody estimate eighty percent of the fans there were Georgia. I'd say seventy-five is a, probably a safe estimate.
0: Well, certainly the ones that were there were enjoying themselves in a big way. And I'll finish with this, Mike, if you don't mind. So. You know, I've said before that for a program as resourced as Georgia is, you know, the 40-plus year wait to win a national championship is a little weird. It's, it's kind of strange that Georgia, who has so much going for it, had to wait as long as it did. That does feel like kind of, a, just kind of a long drought, kind of hard to imagine that it would take that long. And yet the other thing, the short-term history that was kind of upended on, on Monday night of Kirby Smart since he's been head coach – That if anything, the fact that Smart goes from being a rookie head coach to now a national champion in just six short years, and he does that while what we would probably say is the greatest coach of all time has kind of been at the apex of his career. That's a much greater degree of difficulty added to the challenge. That in retrospect, what's kind of amazing about Smart here is not the fact that it took him a few years to do this, but the fact that he did this as quickly as he did, I just think it stands as a phenomenal accomplishment.
1: Well, I'll tell you, Kirby did a great job, and, and you know Georgia's got great resources, Brandon. It, it's a talent-rich state. I've said before that these high school football coaches in this state uh, do a remarkable job. Uh, I'm not going to wade too far into politics, but we know there's a little more taxes in Georgia than some of the surrounding states, but I think the school districts use them well. The facilities are incredible. The kids are coached up well. And you you have that in-state recruiting base to draw from, and now you have a, a former in-state player himself. and and Kirby Smart that knows how to recruit to it. Georgia's stability is something else that I would point to. You know, you've had, what, three coaches at Georgia, four coaches, uh, you know, what, five coaches since 1961, 1960-something. Am I right there? we got yep. you know, Dooley, Goff, yep. Donnan, Rick, and Kirby. you yep. got five coaches. What, we had five coaches at Florida in 15 years. Yep. I mean, look around. I mean, the stability is remarkable. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, the leadership. And, and people start, you know, ah, now you're talking about leadership and, and high school. It's like, no, no, it all goes together. And, and the Georgia fans, it all goes, to, Kirby told you, this all goes together. And we're talking five straight top ten finishes, right? We're talking four out of five years you've won the East. You know, as Kirby said, you keep knocking on the door, and eventually you're going to knock it down. And, and that's what happened and, and now that you've got this championship, Brandon, I I think this is great momentum. You know, I know there's a recruiting weekend coming up along with the championship celebration. I mean, what better way could you showcase your school, your facilities, your fans? I think this is really big at a really pivotal time in college football history with the way the rules have unfolded with NIL and, and immediate eligibility on transfers. I think this is a really pivotal time for Georgia to have a hot hand and be able to cash in on a championship
0: yeah no i think that's exactly right uh great stuff uh mike thank you so much for uh, being here today look forward to reading a lot more from you as you uh make your way back from indianapolis but also continue to give us some of the sights and sounds of what went down there in Indy, and of course heading towards a uh big one in athens this weekend as the national champions are celebrated in fine fine fashion mike we'll look forward to talking to you soon thank you so much for your time thanks pa Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, so Mike brings up kind of an interesting point there um, that I think he, on the one hand, you can obviously say, well, as I said a moment ago, hey, 40 years is a long time to wait for a national championship. But on the other hand, just because you spend a lot of money on football and you live in a state that cares about football, just because all that's true, that doesn't guarantee that you get the trophy. You have to still go out there and earn it for yourself. And... I think when you tell the story of how Georgia did this, obviously Kirby Smart gets to be the coach that brought it to UGA, and he deserves that. You know, at Alabama, they build a statue for every coach that wins a national championship. That means Nick Saban's already got one, Bear Bryant's already got one, Wallace Wade has one, uh, Gene Stallings has one. You know, national championship coach means a statue. I think Kirby Smart is deserving of a statue at UGA uh, for being the uh, coach that brought a national championship back to this program. But. When the story gets told of how all this happened, it is more than Kirby Smart. Some of this predates Kirby, and I said this in the postgame show on, on Monday night. You know, Mark Rick gets some credit here, because how does a coach like Kirby go from rookie to head coach in six years? Well, you better inherit a program that's not completely barren. It's not a. It's not a uh, an empty cupboards worth of talent. And Georgia had had that. And yes, you know maybe had a hard time getting over the hump and actually being a winner there. But also had some bad luck befall in the 2012 season. And maybe if that goes different, then maybe you know it's Rick who's celebrating here at the end of the 2012 year. And even Stetson Bennett acknowledged that there on um, you know on Tuesday morning with the press conference stuff there too. But the success that Rick had over the course of 15 years laid the groundwork of what Kirby Smart was able to kind of come in now and finish the job of and win that national championship. He gets some credit for that. I think guys like Jim Donnan and Ray Goff get credit for that. You know, Donnan being a coach that helped kind of form uh, Kirby Smart as a player, you know, laying the foundation for him to also one day go to become a good coach. Uh, Donnan is a part of this story. I believe Ray Goff's part of the story because he helped, you know, kind of recruit, uh, uh, you know, uh, guys like this that, that come to a place like this and, and, you know, have some of that success there as well. That, that these are guys that just – have a chance to kind of you know just be part of the story and you look back on them and you just kind of remember them differently you know because all of that 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 all of georgia's history adds up to what ultimately results in a national championship here in uh, the year of 2021 and that man is a lot of fun to say out loud a lot of fun to consider we're going to go cruise around the sec at least just slightly here presented by our friends at royal caribbean of course it's a great time to be on a royal caribbean cruise ship so many great things planned here for us in 2022 so we're booking royal caribbean cruises we're having fun doing all that it's the cruise and vacation authority that we turn to and we trust take advantage of the great experience with royal caribbean perfect day coco K, private island right there in the bahamas only for those on a royal caribbean cruise ship obviously the legendary onboard entertainment royal caribbean really setting a new standard for that kind of thing when it comes to enjoying man on the seas uh that is what royal caribbean is known for and you can enjoy it yourself if you check out our friends the cruise and vacation authority well we're booking royal caribbean cruises we're using the Cruise and Vacation Authority to get that done. So check them out, tcava.com. That's tcava.com. You can also give them a call, 770-952-8300. That's 770-952-8300. That'll get you in touch with the Cruise and Vacation Authority. A couple of UGA grads run the place. They are on cloud nine about Georgia winning the national championship, and they're ready to help, help you with your Royal Caribbean Cruise vacations here in 2022, as they have helped me there as well. tcava.com. 770-952-8300 that'll get you in touch couple of pieces of news to get to here real quick um you know this is not yeah thank you uh very much um a couple pieces of news here uh james cook has now announced his intention to move on to the nfl this is not surprising news he'd already accepted the invitation to the senior bowl anyway he was clearly moving on But he puts it out, makes it official there on social media, saying, Dog Nation, Monday night, it still feels surreal. I like that from James. Bringing a national championship to Athens was the ultimate goal of my college football career. And that's now been completed. I want to thank every single person that supported us throughout the season. And the love I have for you is forever. I'd also like to thank my family, Coach Smart, Coach McGee, the athletic training staff, and the University of Georgia. He says, four out. James Cook, one of the big names that helped lead Georgia to a national championship, not just in Indianapolis, but also his performance against Michigan in the in the Orange Bowl, allowing Georgia to punch its ticket to the national title game. Cook leaves UGA with quite a legacy left behind. And so now he's ready to move on to the NFL. And I'm um, James Cook, like a lot of these former, you know, Georgia players, especially at the running back spot, are gonna have a lot of folks cheering for him as he moves on to the next level. And this is an example, much like the Amir Speed news yesterday that uh, Matt Zenden had reported uh, on. Three, you know, where he's going to the transfer portal. We're about to have a lot of this. So just go ahead and buckle yourself up and brace yourself for this. There is going to be a lot of transfer portal stuff and a lot of NFL departure stuff here over the course of the next few days. Some of it ex- expected, some of it possibly unexpected, some of it unfounded rumor. And there was already some of that yesterday as well. You may have seen some of that bubble up on social media a little bit too. So. Trust me, we're not going to be on like national title cloud forever. We're going to eventually kind of get back and start doing the work of covering this team again. I can promise you that we're going to do that very, very quickly here. Uh, We are going to also take our time to enjoy this. We're not going to apologize for that either, but we're capable of doing more than one thing at once. We can celebrate and have a good time, but also cover the news as it's ongoing. And here's just kind of the one thing I'll leave you with on all of this. And here's what I'm sort of hopeful of. Is that now that the national championship is present, you see that over right here behind me, the Dog Nation National Champions thing. Uh Dog Nation Dog National Champions are our, our, our cool new logo that we're enjoying for right now. Um, now that Georgia has the national champion trophy, my hope is it sort of takes the edge off these conversations just a little bit. My hope is is that people will realize is that hey, so and so goes in the transfer portal, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, Like, I try to live my life in absence of fear when at all possible because, um, you know, life has a tendency to kind of work out okay for Georgia football. Things have a tendency to kind of work out okay here. So, guys are going to go to the NFL, guys are going to transfer. Uh, I have every reason to believe that as a lot of this stuff unfolds over the course of the next few weeks, Kirby Smart even previewed some of this for you yesterday, that he already knows there are players who are entering the transfer portal. They've been good enough to keep that quiet right now as Georgia has been going through its national championship run. That's about to start coming out. And as it does come out, as it does play itself out, just know this, that when it's all said and done and when Georgia gets back to the business of spring practice come March, back to the business of playing games starting you know next August, that however the roster management stuff worked out, that it's going to be a net positive for Georgia. In other words, when you've got the resources Georgia has, you will marshal those resources to put a championship-caliber team together next season, even if some of the faces are kind of in flux here uh, a little bit. And the only thing you can control, this is what Kirby Smart understands, this is what the coaching staff here understands, the only thing you can control is the pipeline of talent into the program. Once they get here, some players get hurt. You have no control over that. Some players decide to transfer out. You can't fully control that, especially in a day and age in which they're just not enforcing the tampering rules. They're just not. Uh, That's, to me, one of the most uh, disappointing things with this current era in which we're living in is that there's just no acknowledgement of of, of even kind of a sensible level of rules about that. So guy transfers out of your program, you don't have a ton of control over that either. Obviously, guys are going to move on towards the NFL. That's kind of what you want them to do. You don't control that part of this conversation fully either some guys may even make a decision to go to the nfl that you don't necessarily always agree with but it's still their choice to make the point is the way in which guys exit your program will never be up for you to control the way in which you attract players to your program for the most part is fully under your control and that's where the georgia coaches kind of put their resources. that's where they kind of put their their focus and their intensity and whether it be 2022 signing class finishing touches being put on that Whether it be transfer portal additions, there's a chance that Georgia has a couple of those or whatever else. That the Georgia roster is going to be in good shape, I believe, and this is all said and done, but there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out about that over the course of the next few days. So just keep that in mind, and we'll make that kind of a national championship edition of Cruiser on the SEC, courtesy of our friends at Royal Caribbean. By the way, shout out to our friends at the finish long drink. You can find them, longdrink.com. We talk about great parties and great celebrating. A lot of folks have been doing that over the course of the last few days, and I think the finished long drink goes great for you as you do that. If you go to the thelongdrink.com, you can see the four different varieties of the finished long drink. The traditional, which comes in a blue can. It's a grapefruit flavor with like a gin kick. It's really good. Trust me, I've had more than a few. Uh, the long drink cranberry, which is the same kind of thing except it's the cranberry flavor. Long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume. I know you all like that uh, long drink, zero, zero carbs, zero sugar. So, uh, that's all good stuff out there. You can get one of those eight can variety packs. If you see on your screen, for those watching a video, that's what the eight can variety pack looks like. It's two different versions of each of the varieties of the finished long drink. Uh, find some, enjoy some. And if you're saying, well, B. I still don't quite know where to get this, go to the longdrink.com and just put in your zip code and you can pick up some and figure out where you can get some today to enjoy yourself some finish long drink. All right. So here on dog nation daily, let, let me do this for a moment. So, this is one of the things I've been thinking about a lot, uh, you know, in the aftermath of Georgia having won the national championship. So, the football team we talk about on this show represents the University of Georgia. And if you think about the two big words there, one of them is University and one of them is Georgia. And one of the things I get a chance to see in my uh, position here as the host of Dog Nation Daily are two very different kind of Georgia fans. There are Georgia fans who are attracted to this football team because of the word university, and there are a lot of Georgia football fans who are attracted to this team because of the word George. In other words, some people live and die with Georgia football because that's their school, and some people live and die with Georgia football because that's their state, and the truth is, is I've always kind of been more of the latter than the former. I didn't go to UGA. A lot of you know that. Some of you don't. Um, fact the matter is, even back in the 90s, uh, when the Hope Scholarship was first getting started, you know, Georgia's probably academically now in a different level uh, than it, where it once was. But even back then, I really couldn't go to Georgia. I um, wasn't a very good student. I mean, I passed, but i not, not not a great student. You know, Georgia wasn't really an option for me. Uh, when I was you know coming out, out of high school but Georgia football has always been my team you know I've told you my story about this before my grandfather started taking me to games when I was about three years old sometimes my dad would be the one that took me to games but it was really going to those games uh, with my family that that made me a Georgia football fan and my dad didn't take me because he went to UGA my granddad didn't either they weren't college graduates uh, you know, my family didn't really go to college and I don't say that in a nothing against college nothing against gets my family just that's not what my family had done I was I think the first person in my family on either side mother or father to ever graduate college uh and that's no great accomplishment because I didn't exactly you know, sail through college either but you know I got a degree and prior to that that's not really quite what my family did but but we loved Georgia football you know growing up we were attracted to true to, to to the state of Georgia, the football team that represented the state. And, you know, there's always been this thought of, well, you know, if you're, if you're, if Georgia's your school, if you graduated from there, that somehow you have a a special connection to the school that sometimes what's kind of thought of as like the sidewalk fan or the the pickup truck alumnus. Sometimes you kind of get you, you hear that phrase, that having actually gotten some parchment from UGA, actually being a graduate from school like this, Makes you a sort of special class of fan that the uh, 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 that the other folks might not quite have, and I sort of understand where that comes from. I mean, trust me, I would be very proud to have a UGA diploma. I think that'd be a really cool thing to be able to put on the wall, to be able to have a diploma like that. Um, that's, I mean, my my brother's got one. I've I've got lots of family members uh, that have one now, and that's a that's a pretty cool thing. That's obviously a great network of uh, of. of it's a great accomplishment just to go through the school, but it's also a great network that exists for the other side when you can say that you are a a UGA grad. And I certainly understand where that comes from, but here's the one distinction, one, one difference I want to kind of draw up here just for a moment, which is that when you become a fan of a school, because that's where you went, there is a certain extent to which you sort of choose that. And For a lot of folks in recent years, they've kind of chosen Georgia because it was cool. I mean, we know this in the case of Alabama, right, that Alabama's enrollment numbers have gone up. Alabama's uh, applications for enrollment have gone way up over the course of the last few years because for a lot of folks... Why would I not want to go to a school that's winning a bunch of national championships? Why would I not want to do that? Of course, this is look look how much fun it would be to to go to a place like Alabama. Clearly I want to go there. Clearly I want to do that. And that's, you know, kind of, you know, kinda of, kind of what they've done. That, that when you choose your school and become a fan of the school you choose, you know, the, the coolness of the school you choose is kind of baked into that. But for someone like me and for many of the folks who are watching us right now, um, Georgia football is sort of chosen for us had no control over where I was born I had no control over the the sports fandom that existed in my family before I came around I kind of inherited all of this and so um there was never an option for me to to cheer for any other team there's actually a level of depth to those who are connected to UGA because of the state of Georgia that's a little bit different than um than those who maybe just sort of chose it as a school because of the of the marketing reasons that you might have, you know, chosen the school that that you chose. So all of that is just kind of a long winded way to say this. As someone who is a Georgian and as someone who loves Georgia football because it represents the state of Georgia. The thing that I really am so happy about right now is how Georgia all of this is and you know, we've gotten that from Stetson Bennett here over the course of the last few days, and I said before, at a certain point in time, we're going to play a lot of the audio of Bennett and some of the things that he said as of late. This is clearly a guy that's not just proud to be, you know, from the University of Georgia; he's just sort of proud to be from Georgia. Down there in Blackshear, down in South Georgia, he he's got a great appreciation for that. There are a lot of, you know, yesterday I was talking about the 912 area code. There's a lot of 912 boys here on this UGA team. And listen, uh, (laughs) you're in pretty good shape if you've got a lot of guys from the 912, you know, representing you in in a situation like this. And I I just find myself um, very happy about how much this Georgia team is connected to this Georgia state. I want to give you one more quick example of that before uh, we wrap up here today. You know, sometimes people ask Kirby Smart a question about, hey, Kirby, what was it like being a player? What was it like, blah, blah, blah? And listen, Kirby's just going to be Kirby all the time, right? And I mean that, you know, in the the most loving sense possible. Like, there is only so much cooperation Kirby's ever going to give the media when Kirby kind of perceives that the media might be trying to construct a narrative, Kirby is just not going to cooperate with that kind of stuff very much. So when you ask Kirby, uh, hey, you know, as a player, I don't really even remember being a player. I, you know, I, I was not even a very good player. I, you know, blah, blah. I don't remember. Being a player. My, my, I, I, I don't remember. Asking about his time in Alabama is the same way. I, I, I can't keep one year straight from the next. I don't even really remember. You know, you ask him about, hey, you know, Kirby, uh, growing up as a Georgia fan, oh, I grew up a high school football fan. Like, like, you know, there's this, there's this thing of when, when the media comes at him with a narrative, they're wanting to construct. I don't mean this critical of the media, just sometimes you have a story idea in your mind. You ask a question in the hopes of being able to aid that story. If Kirby kind of heads that off at the pass, he's just not helping you out. He's not giving you the quote that, that you want. So sometimes you're left to wonder, well, how much of the history of Georgia football does Kirby Smart really appreciate? Or is this one of those guys that's just so hardwired to win right now that he can't go back and appreciate the past? Well, there are little tales from time to time that that Kirby really does understand what it's all about. I don't know that we've ever gotten a better example of that than what we got after the game on Monday, right there on the stage about to be given the national championship trophy speaking with Reese Davis from ESPN and Kirby with the callback for the ages to let you know no matter how much he may play this off from time to time how much of that Georgia football history he truly does know he truly does understand and that he truly does appreciate you probably know what I'm doing here but this is Kirby Smart with Reese Davis after the game Monday night take a listen to this so that's not the world's greatest audio cuz it was pulled off the TV broadcast but the point is is that right there uh in that moment Kirby was at the ready with the uh, Larry Munson line going back to the 1980 Georgia-Florida game about some property destroyed tonight. Now, it's also kind of funny to see the way which cancel culture kind of uh, uh, circled around Kirby after saying that What's he? he's, uh, he's uh, trying to inspire these Georgia fans to break the law. No, 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 that's not what this was. Every Georgia fan in the world knew exactly what Kirby was referencing there. Credit to Reese uh, Davis for being aware of that there, too. This is the callback to Larry Munson. But the point here is, is that you don't get more Georgia than Kirby Smart, not just UGA. Kirby's a proud alumnus of the the University of Georgia. Uh, His wife, obviously, a proud alumna uh, there as well. They're, They're UGA people through and through. But there's also a little Bainbridge that comes out in a moment like that, which I kind of appreciate there as well, that he was built by more than just his time at UGA. He was built by his time growing up in Bainbridge. And there are a lot of Bainbridge folks that didn't graduate from Georgia but still love Georgia football. And Stetson Bennett's kind of the same way, you know, A lot of folks down there in that part of the state who love UGA because of the Georgia, and they would have been, you know, fine and proud to be a graduate of the school there too, but their life kind of took them in a little bit different direction. Stetson Bennett's kind of for those people. And, you know, hopefully on a show like this, we do a pretty good job of sort of being for both of those versions of UGA too for the people who are proud of the university and for the people who are proud of the state, you know, everybody comes together and says national champions right now. So so the the, the bottom line on all of this is I am really happy with how UGA, the the university shaped Kirby Smart, but I'm also pretty proud of the way the state shaped him long before that. And for a lot of folks whose connection uh to this team as as jason aldean would have said the dirt they were raised on for, for for a lot of folks whose connection to uga is because of that this is a this is a special moment for them there too and with that we'll get ready to wrap things up um so yeah uh really good stuff all the way around by the way check out bet us online BetUS.com. You can uh, find them there. Use the promo code DN125 and get yourself some big savings. Uh, How about 125% sign-up bonus when you use that today? Uh, BetUS.com for a lot more on that. Promo code DN125. Make sure you take advantage of that. I'll also leave you with this warning if you're not a Georgia fan. Georgia fans were obnoxious before. What is the next 365 days going to be like for Auburn fans? For Georgia Tech fans, for Alabama fans, and for those lousy, stinking gators who are about to get even lousier. Because heading towards Jacksonville in 290 days, a mean machine in red and black with plenty of gold. Not just a golden shoe, but a national championship trophy. Gator header countdown 290. We'll see you tomorrow here on Dog Nation Daily.